are starting the new series on battlegrounds. So I expect this sermon series to continue for a couple of more weeks. Now, as we start each sermon in this series, we start with the declaration of our faith. So let's all stand for a moment as we make ourselves clear in the mission of God what God has called us to do. Before that, we are going to read a scripture in the same order. Let us be bold. Let us be loud as we pronounce the declaration. And let's also mean what we say. Before that, I would read the scripture for you from Joel chapter 3, verse 9. I'm reading from Good News Translation. Joel 3, 9. Make this announcement. God is telling the prophet of God, make this announcement among the nations. Prepare for war. Call your warriors. Gather all your soldiers and march. So God is asking us to make the announcement among the nations, prepare for war, call your warriors, and gather all your soldiers and march. So shall we get on to the declaration part of it now? So we are going to declare. So this is what we are going to read and declare as we stand in the presence of God. Shall we start? Let's go. We declare that we are in war with the kingdom of darkness. Our war is not a physical war as we don't fight against flesh and blood. We will not give up. We will not compromise. We will not lose our focus. We will fight and gain victory. We are more than conquerors. We will make damage to the kingdom of darkness. We don't fight on our own strength. Read it louder. We fight in the name of Jesus who stripped the principalities and powers of darkness at the cross. We are not alone in this battle. The captain of our army is marching forward. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. We wear the whole armor of God, the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, the shoes of the gospel, the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation, the sword of the spirit, the word of God, and we are ready for the battle. In Jesus' name, we declare, we affirm, and we engage ourselves in war. Amen. Please be seated. So whether we know it or not, we are all already in a battlefield. You know, life itself is a battleground. We are all fighting as soldiers of God in the battleground of life. You know, day by day, we are advancing in the journey from the birth till the eternity. We are all in our different phases of our life, but we are all advancing to the eternity. Children of Israel, you know, could not have come to the blessed land of Canaan without tasting war in their lives. Do you remember them? As they were walking in the wilderness, there were many times they faced, they encountered war. They would not have come to the blessed land without experiencing bloodshed. They would not have come to the blessed land, you know, without seeing victories and failures in their lives. Without lamenting over the lost ones, the dear ones, in their life's journey as they were traveling through the wilderness. They have seen everything in their lives. Anyone who is born in this world is not going to the eternity without being engaged in the battlefield. God has called us to battle, to stand in this battlefield and battle and war so that eventually we will become victorious. 
Now I just want to, want to take you to the Old Testament and give a comparison between the Old Testament believer and the New Testament believer. Listen to me. Right now you don't read your Bible. You are here to listen to me. Look at me, every one of you. Look at me to my face to face. We are here to listen to the word of God. You don't do your meditation now. Okay? Now journey of God's children started from Egypt if you all remember that. They started from Egypt and they went into the blessed land of Canaan in the Old Testament. That represents the journey of a New Testament believer from birth till eternity. In the Old Testament, people started from Egypt and walked through the wilderness and they came to Canaan. And in the New Testament believer, you are born into this world and we are moving towards, marching towards the eternity. If that is so true, the physical battle the children of God encounter in the wilderness, they are kept as a foreshadow of the spiritual battle they are, we are fighting as a New Testament believer. It was a physical battle, but now it is a, phys- a spiritual battle that we are fighting with. If the mountains and the valleys and the deserts of the, in the wilderness, they were the battleground of the children of Israel, it is so true or no doubt that today our mind, our soul, our body are the battlegrounds. Can you say that with me? My mind, my soul and my body are the battlegrounds. One of the spiritual battlegrounds, I want to dwell in a few minutes in, uh, on this. What are the spiritual battlegrounds that we are talking about? First of all, our mind. Our mind. You know, there is a constant fight in our mind and in our thoughts. There is a constant fight. That's a fight between the knowledge of the world and the knowledge of God. And there is a constant fight between the patterns of the world against the teachings of the Bible. The world doesn't operate the way the Bible teaches. There's a constant struggle and that struggle happens in our mind, especially with our children. We try to make them understand, but they don't understand because there's a constant struggle. They don't see the pattern of the world in the word of God. There's a constant struggle. So what we see and what we hear in the world that is against what we listen from God. When we come and sit at the church, we listen to the word of God, we listen to the songs, and we listen to the testimonies and prayer. But when we go out of this place, that's not, the, that's not what you hear. You hear something that is totally contrary to what you heard in the church through the word of God. So there is a constant battle inside of our mind, you know, how, how, how spiritually high we are, but still we are going through that battle in our mind. And number two, the battlefield that we are dealing with is our soul. I'm just giving an introduction today. Our soul, the soul is the main control center of our lives, of our being. You know, God has placed an undue importance to our soul. Can you say our soul? Our soul is very valuable. Jesus said in fact in Mark chapter 8, 36. For what that will profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul. You know Jesus kept a very great importance to the soul. We are talking about the battleground. Soul being the battleground that we are dealing with today. The value of our soul is measured by the eternal nature of the soul. Our body perishes, 
our spirit goes back to God, but our soul is eternal. If you put your soul in your hands, you will see the value of it, you will see the weight of it, because your soul is going to live forever. The value of our soul is measured by devil's interest in the soul. Devil is not interested in your body. Devil is not interested in what we do. But devil is interested in our soul. That means the soul is valuable. The value of our soul is also measured by God's concern of saving our soul. Jesus came to this world so that, you know, last week, Brother Daniel talked about mind, soul, and spirit. And our soul is very precious. The value of our soul is measured by God's concern for saving our soul. So it's very obvious that soul becomes a battleground. Because our soul, and the enemy is trying to attack the soul from one side, and God is going to save your soul from the other side. And obviously that becomes a battleground. The number three battleground is our body. We need our physical structure. We need our whole being to seek God. And to follow God. And it's important that we need to be in good health. If we are not in good health, if we become weak, and if we become sick, we cannot serve God. We cannot worship God. We cannot do any work for God. So it is very important if our body doesn't cooperate with our mind and soul, we cannot do anything for God. So number three battlefield, our spiritual battlefield is our body. So you know what? Devil touches our body. At times devil touches our body because it is a battleground. Devil throws sickness in our body. Devil throws weakness in our body. I'm not saying that you know for every sickness go and blame devil. No, no, no. Don't do that. There are many sickness because of the season, because of what the mistakes that we, were, we have done, the, the, the things that we did, you know, unwanted things. You know, the, the sickness comes in many different ways. But enemy is also equally capable of throwing sickness on our way, in our body, because that's the third battleground that we are dealing with. Our mind, our soul, and our body. Now, we are not alone in this battle. Remember this, you know, I'm not just here to scare you. We are not alone in this battle. Our God is with us. And let's find out who our God is. No wonder our Lord himself is a warrior. Do you know that? Our Lord is a soldier. He is a warrior. Can you say warrior? And he is also the captain of the army. Bible says. He is the captain of the army. You know, you can remember, you can imagine how, you know, how, how awesome and how mighty the captain of an army will be. He will be just marching forward with all power and with all authority. And our God, Bible says, he's the captain of the army. Exodus 15, 3 says, the Lord is a man of war. The Lord is his name. Other translations put it this way. The Lord is a warrior. Yahweh is his name. Psalm 24, 8 says, the Lord is strong and mighty. The Lord is mighty in battle. Amen. Joshua 5, 13 and 14, 15. Bible says the God is a commander of the army. Commander of the army of the Lord. The captain of Lord's army. We are talking about who our God is. Joshua, Isaiah 42, 13 says the Lord will go forth like a warrior. Our God is a warrior. Our God is the mighty in battle. Isaiah 47, 4 says the Lord of hosts is his name. What is his name? Lord of hosts, the heavenly armies. And he is the Lord of the heavenly armies, the Holy One of Israel. Revelation 19, we read this, Jesus riding on the white horse. 
as a righteous judge making war with the nations by striking them with the sword of his mouth sharp sword and ruling the nations with the rod of iron he is a mighty warrior our god is a warrior he is mighty in battle he wars with the nations and he calls the church to be on guard to defend and to destroy the kingdom of darkness can you say defend to protect ourselves you know defend means to protect ourselves and to destroy and to attack the kingdom of darkness you may be wondering why do we need to attack the kingdom of darkness simple reason if we don't attack the kingdom of darkness it will attack you simple reason if you don't attack the kingdom of god you may be praying for souls but souls will not get saved if you don't attack the kingdom of darkness you may be praying but the sickness will not leave you need to attack the kingdom of darkness so that there is way for god to enter and god to work in those lives you know as we are in war with the enemy of our soul it is also important to know who our enemy is what are his strategies he has certain devices he has certain plans and schemes and he is fighting with each of us he's fighting with all the families he is fighting with our lives individually he is fighting with our children and we see the effect of it paul says in second corinthians chapter 2 verse 11 he says we are not ignorant of our enemy and his strategy and devices he uses in the battle Satan cannot take advantage over us. In other words, we are not fools. Paul says we are not fools that we are not ignorant of his devices. We know who our enemy is. We know who our enemy is and we know the way our enemy functions. Now we are going to find out what is the enemy. Oh, sorry, who is the enemy? We are fighting with. Who is the enemy by the way? You have any idea? we are talking about battleground we are talking god be the warrior and we are called to fight in the battleground of our mind our soul and our body and who is the enemy by the way with whom we are fighting satan or devil and we have many different names right so that's what we are going to find out who is the enemy that we are fighting with bible says the great dragon the book of revelation we read that the serpent of old you remember that the old serpent he lost all his teeth and he doesn't have a teeth you know because he's very old now how many years 2000 4000 right okay somewhere close right so he's very old we don't know when when he's very old serpent and he's the devil satan and he's our enemy Isaiah 14 says he's Lucifer the one who rebelled against God you remember that fellow Yes the one who and by the way he was a worship leader caution caution he rebelled against God he was a deceiver second Corinthians 11:3 says who deceived God's people we are talking about whom now be loud little louder Satan Yes I know you don't like him but you want to fight against him right yes or you are afraid now 
Okay, you are not afraid. Right? So he is a deceiver and Bible also says he is a destroyer. The destroyer of the nations and he is a destroyer of our souls. Bible says in John 10.10, he is a thief. Who is he? He comes to steal and to destroy and to kill. He is a thief. We are talking about him right now. He is the ruler of the world. John 14.30 says, he is also the prince of the power of the air. He was a murderer from the beginning. He wants to kill. He wants to destroy. He is the father of lies. Who is he? Father of lies. You know what is lies, right? You don't know, probably. Right? So he is the father of lies. He tells the moment he opens his mouth, what comes out of it? Lies. He is a roaring lion. Peter says, 1 Peter 5, 8 and 9. And he is a roaring lion. He wants to devour anybody. He's just roaring lion going around house to house and see whether somebody is sleeping without praying. Somebody had the night sleep without any family prayer. Correct? He is a devouring lion. He is a roaring lion. Revelation 12, 10 says he is accuser of brethren. Who is an accuser? Who always makes complaint. Right? You have seen the little children going always running to the mom to mom, and then making the complaint. If you have a daughter and a son, you will know, right? Or even if you have two children, you will know. Always the complaint. You, know, you do it in a good way. But we are talking about the accuser, the devil. He will always go and say that, Oh, brother John has done this today. God, you don't be partial to him. God, you don't show any favor to him. Right? So he does that. Always going and accusing, complaining. Whose nature is that, by the way? Complaining. Satan's nature. Accuser of our brethren. Bible also says in 2 Corinthians 11, 13 to 15, he is an angel of light. Who is an angel of light? Satan. And what he does? He imitates. He imitates the Holy Spirit. But he is a deceiver. He is a deceiver. He imitates the Holy Spirit. He speaks in tongues. He just does things as if the Holy Spirit moves, but then he is not from God. We are talking about the enemy who are with whom we are fighting with. And this is the kind of enemy that we are targeting today. Are you with me? How many of us are willing to fight with him? Yes? Sure? Yes? And you don't just you know, want to be your hands tied up. You're just getting ready to fight with the devil and what are his strategies what are the strategies of devil devil always works against god and god's people he is not happy with what we do he is not happy about the church he is not happy about your spiritual life he is not happy about the way you teach and instruct your children he is not happy when your children is corrected children are corrected he is not happy when the pastor is correcting you he is not happy he'll come and tell you why why should you obey? Why should you obey the word of God? Why should you listen? You know, he is not happy. Devil is always working against God and his people. And you know what? He uses numerous tools to work against God's people. He wants to bring defeat. He wants to bring shame to the kingdom of God. You know, that is the objective. That is what with the aim of the devil. He wants to bring shame to the kingdom of God. Think about, go back to the Old Testament and right from beginning he was doing it. He was doing it with the Son of God. He was doing it with his disciples. He was doing it with after the church, after, after the, in the book of Acts. And he is still doing. 
He is very master-minded. Very cunning fellow. We are talking about the devil and his strategies. He is a chief liar. Bible says he is a liar. Can you just believe him? Whatever he says. We cannot believe because he is a liar. He is a liar. You know that's what is very important. That From where you listen to your prophecy. Where you get your word of God. If you are getting your word of God from somebody who is not prompted by God. It may be a lie. It may be a lie because he is a liar. He is a masterminded. And he's a great manipulator. He's a great manipulator. He will twist things. He will twist things in our lives. Certain things that we believe that it is the word of God. He is working on your life just to, you know, just to, just to believe that it is not from God. He will twist things. He's a manipulator. He's a great schemer. He works with strategies. You know, at times we are not prepared. We are not ready. We just come and stand and just wipe away everything and get going. But he is not like that. Devil is not like that. He has a plan. He has already laid out. I have not put my calendar for 2019, but devil's calendar is already done. And your names are there. I saw your names there in devil's calendar. He's already planned everything. He's masterminded. And always he works against the kingdom of God. Bible says he's the chief enemy. His chief enemy is truth. Can you say truth? That is God's word. Always he works against truth. The word of God. He opposes God's word. He misrepresents and misinterprets God's word. Listen to me. He distorts and he perverts the truth. He makes people to deviate, go away from truth. He doesn't allow us to stick on to the word of God. You're talking about his strategies. He hinders the mission strategy. You have a mission plan. You need to send this many missionaries. You need to send this much, support this many missionaries. You need to send this much amount to the mission field. And you want to visit the mission field. All your plan is laid out. And he hinders the mission strategy. He throws dissension and disagreement over doctrines and causes, rifts or divisions in the church. Listen to me carefully. He brings dissensions, that means he brings you know, misunderstanding or disagreements inside the church. He does that. He does that. And at times church split. It is good if the church split in a good way. But we don't want to fight and, you know, please, I'm not talking about our church. I'm just talking about some other church. It's, it's good the church grows bigger and bigger. But then you decide, okay, half of the congregation go and start another church in a good way. That is good. But we don't want to fight and split. And devil does that. He is very careful about it. He destroys the unity and harmony among believers. We are talking about devil's strategies and we are going to fight against him according to his plans and schemes. He causes people to stumble over bad Christian attitude. You know, he will focus our eyes on people who have fallen. There are many good people, they follow the Lord very carefully, but he will take our eyes and always quote the bad examples. He blinds the minds of unbelievers. He imitates religious roles and appears to be a religious leader. He offers exotic alternatives of the problem that we are dealing with. Exotic alternatives of achieving divine, divine blessings. Listen to me. Such as yoga, meditation, udo, and all the other methodologies through which we can receive the blessings of God. He offers those methods. He attacks our faith. At times our faith is in question. 
We are not sure whether we believe God completely. Our faith is at question. He brings persecution. He causes sicknesses and diseases and accidents and wars and sudden deaths. Everything was good, but I don't know. Suddenly he died. Who causes all this? The devil. You're talking about his strategies finally. Now, in order to gain control in this battle, you know, we are all fighting in this battle. None of us can escape. None of us can escape. In order to gain control in this battle, it is required that we know our enemy's strength and weaknesses. Let's not talk about his strength. We don't want to listen to his strength, but we want to listen to his weaknesses. Can you say weaknesses? Weaknesses, because we need to know his weakness. What are Satan's weaknesses? Number one, Satan is not omnipresent. Can you say that with me? Satan, I'm really glad to say that. Satan is not omnipresent. He has his forces. He has his fallen angels. But he has, you know, his spirits working everywhere. But he is limited in what you can, what he can do and where he can be. Satan is not omnipresent, but God is omnipresent. Amen. God is omnipresent. God can be everywhere at the same time, but not devil. Not devil. I want to read a couple of scriptures in support of that. First Peter chapter 5, verse 8. First Peter chapter 5, verse 8. Be sober. Read with me. Be vigilant because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Who is our adversary? The devil. What is he does? What he does? He walks like a roaring lion. So one, he can walk in one place. He can walk in one place at a time. But his agents and spirits may be there in different places, attacking everybody. Job chapter 1 verse 7, God is asking Satan, where are you coming from? And the Lord said to Satan, this is what the Lord said to Satan, from where do you come? So Satan answered the Lord and said, from going to and fro on the earth and from walking back and forth on it. Where the devil is? Going to and fro. Going back and forth. Looks like he has taken a return ticket. Return ticket. Every time he goes and he comes. He can walk in only one place. So devil is not omnipresent. Satan cannot be everywhere. His spirits may be. He walks like a roaring lion. He walks back and forth. He can be in one place. But his angels and the fallen angels, those who are fallen along with him, they are working everywhere on behalf of him. So we are finding, we are trying to identify his weakness. Number one weakness, he is not omnipresent. But whereas my God is omnipresent. Amen. Number two, Satan is not omniscient. Satan doesn't know everything. He knows a little bit. Some of those secret prayers that you are praying to God, he doesn't know. He tries to know. He tries to know. He tries to listen. But he doesn't understand. Because when you come to that moment praying, you switch to the unknown language of tongues and he doesn't have any clue about it, what you are praying for. Satan doesn't know everything. To be omniscient is to know all things. So Satan is not omniscient. Only God is omniscient. Let's read 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 6-8. through However, we speak wisdom among those who are mature, yet not the wisdom of this age, nor of the rulers of this age, who are coming to nothing. But we speak the wisdom of God 
in a mystery the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages for our glory, which none of the rulers of this age knew, for had they known. None of the rulers of this age, they know what God had prepared for you and me. He doesn't have any clue. He doesn't have any clue. Satan is not omniscient. Number two. You know, these are the areas where we can attack him. When you pray, when you pray in anointing, when you pray and fight with him wearing the whole armor of God, he has to be defeated. Number three, the weakness of Satan. Satan and demons, they fear human resistance. Can you imagine? Satan is afraid of you. Yes, Merlin, Satan is afraid of you. Yes, Adina, Satan is afraid of you. Yes, Satan is afraid of us, God's children. James 2, 19 says, You believe that there is one God, you do well. Even the demons believe, but they tremble. The moment you mention the name of Jesus, demons tremble. We are talking about the weakness of Satan. And James 4, 7 says, Therefore, submit to God and what? Resist the devil and he will flee from you. He will go away from you. Resist the devil. So Satan and demons, they fear human resistance. They are afraid of us. The moment we kneel down, the moment we bow down, the moment we surrender to God, they know that something is going to happen. There is going to be a big blow on their face. They know that. But at times we don't know. At times we don't know. But God wants us to know that. Number three, weakness, Satan and demons, they fear human resistance. Number four, this is important, we are going to close with that. Number four, weakness of Satan, the redeemed of the Lord has taken Satan's place. Can you say that with me? The redeemed of the Lord have taken Satan's place. Lucifer, if you remember, he was an archangel, one of the archangels. Once he led all the worship in heaven before the throne of God. We read that in Ezekiel chapter 28. Lucifer was the worship leader and he had every power. Can you see some of the worship leaders having power and authority? Have you seen TJ worshiping? When he worships, he just walks in here and there with power and authority because God honors. God honors. When we worship leaders, God has a special place. Anyone who worships the Lord. Most of you are worshiping God. Thank God. Lucifer was an archangel and he was a worship leader of heaven. Now, however, as a result of pride, you know, he, took, he got a foolish idea. He thought that he can become greater than or he can overtake the throne of God. And he lost by doing this. He lost his position, not just position as a worship leader. He lost his citizenship in heaven. He was thrown into the earth. So he lost his position in the citizenship in heaven. Now, listen to me. Now the church replaces the Satan's source of worship before God. He lost that position. Now who's replacing that? The church. You know, many Christians, they do not know what they do in this situation. They don't know how important worship is. The whole scenario of God. 
How adequate it is, appropriate it is to stand before the presence of God and lifting our hands and worshipping Him. Because we are replacing the position of Satan. Number four, weakness of Satan we are talking about. John 4, 4, 24 Bible says, John 4, 24, God is spirit and those who worship Him must worship in spirit and in truth. We can't define worship out of this, away from this. We need to worship God in spirit in truth because we are replacing Lucifer's position. We are the redeemed and we have taken the position of Lucifer so he lost it. He already lost it. We are talking about his weaknesses. As you and I stand in the battleground, we know how our God is. We know who we are in the Lord. We know who our enemy is. We know the strategies that he follows. And we also know his weaknesses. And God is calling us to stand in the battleground. So let's conclude. A couple of things that we understood this morning. We understood that we are in the battleground, whether we know it or not. Some of those things that you are going through in your family, they are not just happening. Not just happening. It's happening because there is an enemy behind. We need to identify him. I believe this sermon series will help you to identify the work of the devil, the schemes and the strategies of the devil over your children, over your family members, over your finances, over your sicknesses, your condition, health condition. The enemy is at work. Always day and night he is awake, planning and thinking what he can do against the children of God and against the church and against God's kingdom. Secondly, we understood the different battlegrounds of our mind, our soul and our body. Then we talked a little bit about how do we realize who our God is? We came to know that our God is a mighty warrior. He's a man of war. He, he's a leader of the army. He's the leader of the heavenly hosts. And then we came to know who is the enemy that we are fighting with. That very old serpent. The devil. The Lucifer. The one who you know, works against the kingdom of God and God's people. He is our enemy. And then we understood his strategies, how he operates. And finally, we talked a little bit about the weaknesses of the devil. And let's continue. In the coming days, we are going to visit various battles that, you know, various battles of the Old Testament. And we are going to learn how those Old Testament battles impact our spiritual battle today. Now, that's the idea. That's the direction we will be moving forward in the coming days. Shall we all stand for a moment?